Welcome to the Business Chef Podcast, where we learn from the best about the business side of the food service industry. Do you make food? Then let us help you make money doing it. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook, or email us info at businesschef.org. Hello again, and welcome to the Business Chef Podcast. I am your host, Chef Sean Boucher, and today, talking to Chris Clark. Chris is a chef. She's also a traveler, been around the world, eating food all from all over the world, and is the host of Something About Food Podcast. She is a delight. She's someone that uh, has a very positive outlook on life and is doing a lot of really cool things, things that are bringing a lot of people together in a way that I think is needed today. So without further ado, let's listen to her story and listen to what she's doing with the Something About Food podcast. And hopefully we can all glean a little something from the insights that she shares. So, Chris, tell us about how you got started in this business. Well, I grew up in a very uh, culinary-focused family, or food-focused, Italian, Catholic, Irish, lots of kids. Um, And the first restaurant I worked at, I was 15, and it was in this small village that I lived in in upstate New York, and it was an Italian restaurant. My mother was a waitress there, my younger brother was washing dishes, I was washing dishes, and then I got moved up to sous chef, uh, or I'm sorry, prep cook, uh, you know, making salads and things like that. And um, through the years, I worked with a caterer for 10 years in high school and through college, and I, I didn't think that food was my thing. I just was doing it as a way to pay for stuff. But then when I got out here to Colorado, I realized, oh wait, I worked in a lot of restaurants. I had worked in a pizza place back east. I had kind of BS'd my way in as an executive chef at a little tiny restaurant at a place back east near my hometown. And um, then when I got to Colorado, I worked front of the house, back of the house, and as a restaurant manager for a restaurant and I worked at a cooking school for five years. Then I worked for Whole Foods Market for seven and a half years in many different departments, including prepared foods where I did prep and training and things like that. Um, so yeah, I, it's been 35 years now that I've just been in and out of food in many different forms. So obviously having some chops in the restaurants and and spending time in food service, you've learned a lot of things. So I've got a couple of questions for you. First off, let's talk about the podcast and how that came to be, but then talk a little bit about some of the lessons that you've learned along the way that maybe you wish, maybe there's things you wish you had done differently and what, what would those be? So the podcast, how did that come to be? And then these lessons you've learned over time that maybe you wish you had done things a little different. Well, the, 
to give to answer the question about the podcast, um, in 2015, I sold everything I had and traveled the world for a year to eat my way around the world. And when I came back, I wanted to carry on that food conversation. So the podcast, which is called Something About Food, uh, was a way to do that, to show how we're all connected by food. And then to answer the question about what 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 do I wish I knew then that I know now? Um, I don't know that there's anything I would really change. I mean, it was tough and hard, and there were times when uh, you know you're working a 14-hour shift and you haven't sat down, and your legs are aching and you're sweating. But being in the 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 thick of it was so much fun. And you make such friendships when you're working in restaurants that um, these are people that I'm still friends with 30 some years later because you you're in the trenches together, whether they're wait staff or they're back of the house cooks and chefs and sous chefs and stuff. Everybody's working together to try and keep this ship afloat. So that is one of the best lessons I ever had was that, you know, you really become a team when you're working in those kinds of conditions. You know, I absolutely agree that there are people that, you know, we've all had people that we maybe don't want to work with again, or that we've worked with that we'd love to go back to working with, but that comes over time. And obviously working those 14 hour days, you, you spend more time with the people you work with than you do your own family. And so they become like family and teamwork absolutely is, so incredibly important important when it comes to um, just keeping each other sane, you know, during those long days and, and tough situations. So talk a little bit about, you know, some of some of your experiences there as it relates to teamwork and as it relates to, you know, people you've worked with. Well, there's definitely been people that I've worked with that I never, ever want to work with again. We've all had that. You know, the, the people that don't carry their own weight, the people that can't handle confrontation because confrontation happens. You know, you need to be able to speak honestly to one another when you're in that heat of the moment and say, you need to get this out quickly or this isn't done right. It needs to be done right. And if they can't handle that, then why are they there? And so I've worked with people like that. I've had bosses who were excellent businessmen, but they just weren't good at the interpersonal kind of things. One of the jobs I left, I had been working, I had closed the night before at 1 a.m., closed the drawer because I was restaurant manager, and then I was expo the next morning at 6.30 a.m. He had come in at 6, I was in at 6.30, expediting, high-volume breakfast restaurant, I finish up around two, I check wait staff in, I check um, uh, kitchen staff in, I check kitchen staff out, I check wait staff out. I go downstairs at 2.30 and said, do you need anything else? And he said, why do you think you can leave before I do? And that lack of empathy for all that I had done, I said, I, I gave him my two weeks the next day. I said, I can't work in those kinds of conditions. And I get that, you know, a kitchen is a war zone from time to time. But I think there needs to be uh, empathy. There needs to be honesty. Um, you know, give it your best. If you mess up, own it. 
ownership is a big thing that I learned as well. I can give you a great story about ownership. And I really think when I talk about ownership, it's being honest about your mistakes. I was working at Whole Foods. I was training someone and we were helping a customer and I was wrapping something for her. And I realized that there was I I hadn't wrapped it completely really well. So I rewrapped it, handed it off to her. A day or two goes by and leadership from the store has a meeting and they said, look, somebody uh, waited on a customer, wrapped her thing, rewrapped it and weighed it with the extra wrap on. So she had to pay more money. And I raised my hand and I said, that was me. I did that. I didn't even realize I did it at the time, but I knew it as soon as they said it. And I took ownership of that. And I wrote the woman a letter. I apologized. I hadn't given her the service that she deserved. My head was in another space because I was training someone. And I, and I apologized. And I said, if you find me in the store, please come up so I can apologize in person. That was an amazing lesson for me. And another um, thing that I learned working in restaurants was to be organized. I was never an organized person. I'm what I call a plate spinner. I can do a lot of things at one time, but sitting down and doing paperwork is very bothersome for me. It's not something I enjoy. But when I was working at the restaurant, I, I was hiring people and I needed to keep track of all of the um, paperwork for HR and, and, and do all of the stuff with, uh, you know, you got to make copies of their license and social security card and all of that stuff. And I had let that slide and I got a dressing down, which I deserved. But it made me realize that, you know, it's not something what I, I mean, how am I going to put this into words? I didn't enjoy doing it, but that doesn't matter because it impacts the people who are being hired because they couldn't get their paycheck. So this little annoyance for me was a major annoyance for them. And that was another great lesson that I learned. Um, the teamwork aspect, I mean, I've had, I, I, I didn't have many times where I blew up in the kitchen. Very, very, very rare. One time that I did, it was just a frustration thing. I was working in a kitchen. One of the, the cooks, she came in drunk. She was supposed to help me. She was refusing to help me. And I just lost it. And I realized that, you know, it wasn't the, the best reaction at all to that situation. And the frustration had just built up so much that it just flowed out of me. But what I learned is to step away from those situations Find someone who can, and like we said, it's a team. There's always somebody who can step in and either help me, remove her, whatever. And it's it's a maturity thing too, I think. You know, but that's what life is. It's all about these little lessons that we learn, and hopefully, um, utilize that learning later on in life and in the career. There are some absolute gems in there. You are a wealth of knowledge and. I'll tell you, I couldn't agree more with a lot of those lessons, and it, and it's hard to learn those lessons. But at the same time, it's it once you've learned them, you it's like riding a bike; you never forget, and they'll stick with you forever. So, let, let's talk more about the podcast and what you're doing now, um, and 
about, you know, just your journey to where, where that started and where that came from? Well, what had happened was, is I had a job writing recipes for a corporate um, environment. I was working for an online grocery store, curating their recipes on their um, webpage, writing them and getting them from uh, bloggers and chefs and things. And they went in a different direction and I lost the job. And I realized that I had come to a point in my career when I wanted to do things for myself. I didn't want to work for others anymore. I had done that since the beginning. And I had learned, like I said, so many different lessons. But those lessons have enabled me to become more independent and to, to, to make a way for myself, which is fantastic. So that's what led me to go, let me just, I haven't been anywhere but Canada and Mexico. Let me get out there and see what the world has to offer. There were um, countries that I wanted to visit because of family, Ireland and um, Naples, Italy. There were countries I'd always wanted to visit because I'd heard such good food things, uh, Singapore and Malaysia. And then there were places that I had friends from this network that I had grown through the years from different the restaurants and the cooking school and all of that. So I got to stay with friends in New Zealand and Australia and Tanzania and Ireland. Um, so it, I think working in a restaurant where you have so many different types of people or in a culinary environment, let me say, we have so many different types of people. You're all working together as a team. You learn empathy. You learn to get along with people who don't necessarily look, act, eat, or talk like you. And you and you become really good friends. So that really helped in my travels. I can just start talking about food to anybody. I met a guy in Madrid who is half my age and we just got started talking about food, and now we're really good friends. And he was a guest on my podcast because he's from the UK. He has uh, his own business as a freelance writer. And then to the podcast, when I came back from uh, the trip, I have written a book about the trip with stories of all the people I met, all the food I ate, and recipes as well. And I... While I was writing the book, I just really wanted to keep building that momentum of how we're all connected by food. So that's what the podcast came about. And I did some networking. I found a guy who was an audio engineer but would also mentor me in how to set up the podcast and everything. I have a friend that I worked with at Whole Foods who is now my executive producer because that's what he's segued into since he left Whole Foods. And um, again, it's that collaborative um, being open and honest, um, open to criticism, ownership. I've had some problems with uh, some of the recording and I'm like, it's user error. Somehow I messed something up and that's not what, I, what my strong suit is. And one of the other really good lessons I learned from working in the culinary environment is that when you hire someone, don't hire someone who's exactly like you. You need to hire someone who will fill in where you're not strong. And that's where 
my editors come in, my executive producer, they can help me with the stuff that I don't understand and I don't, and don't want to understand because I have them to take care of that. And it's really made things work quite smoothly. We've been going for about a year now. We're 30 episodes in and we're starting our next season uh, this next week. Very cool. So tell me, tell me your goals. Tell me where you see the podcast in the next, the upcoming years and, and months. And, you know, what are some of the things that you want to do with it? Well, the one of our taglines is there's room for everyone at the table. I eat what I call a mostly vegan diet. And I do that because I have high cholesterol. But I will cook anything. And I am a... Um, I am trying to show that with all the diversity that we have around the world, we're all connected and that everybody is fascinating. And in, in, in my mind, I have this vision of somebody in the middle of somewhere listening to the podcast and connecting with someone who's not at all like themselves because of the food to show that connectedness. And I, and I search and find uh, people to chat with who are from all walks of life, not necessarily in the culinary world, although that definitely has happened. But I've had uh, um, a hijab-wearing Muslim advocate who grew up in Wiggins, Colorado, which is a small town in eastern Colorado. Brian Boitano has been a guest, Olympic gold medalist Brian Boitano. I had a woman who was, uh, a, she's Trinidadian American and the first woman inducted into the Plumbers Union on Staten Island. And I've had uh, Rich Cho, who was the first Asian American general manager of an, or um, yeah, general manager of an NBA basketball team. So there's diversity everywhere. And again, we're all connected by food. Even people who don't like to eat or don't like to cook, there's still a connection because they still have to eat. They don't always have to cook, but they still have to eat. Very cool. I think we all could benefit from more inspiring and more uh, more stories that bring us together and, and help us see our similarities versus our differences. So, so the real question now is, as you begin this new journey, what are you doing to, to stay alive? What are you doing, um, you know, before everything takes off? How are you surviving? Well, right now, I, I like to call myself a vagabond. So I because I sold my condo, I don't really have a home. So I've been doing a lot of house sitting and cat sitting and, and, and pet sitting um, and staying with friends while I try to get the book uh, published, which hopefully will happen in the next month or two. And then the podcast, I'm hoping to monetize that. I'm, I'm got, I've got some sponsors and I'm hoping, uh, you know, that we can make some money so I can, you know, have a career with that. But, you know, honestly, I would love to have, you know, you asked about in the next three or so years, I would love to have a TV show where we can kind of carry this conversation on, again, showing how we're all connected by food. Um, and the... Uh, I'm living off savings right now that I have, and it's, you know, kind of a, like I said, a vagabond lifestyle, but it's also given me a freedom 
to go and explore restaurants, go and explore markets, to really get out there and delve into the food that I love so much and, and um, discover more. I have, you know, with the podcast, we have an email. And with the email that we send out each week, I always put in a little restaurant review, positive, never negative. I mean, who wants to hear about negative stuff? But just to let people know that there's places all over the country that are maybe not heard of, little tucked away places that they, maybe if they're out on the road, they can try. So it's, I'm trying to be a positive uh, influence, I guess, to help people really see how connected we are. And I'm hoping that that would turn into possibly a TV show where I can do that and continue to do that. Well, more power to you. It's obviously not the easiest thing in the world to do, and so you do have a little bit of an uphill climb ahead of you. But I think it's a it's a worthwhile endeavor and something that, you know, as you're, as you're positive and you put positive things out there, those things will come back to you, and I, I firmly believe that. And so I definitely wish you luck in, in your endeavors with that. Thank you. And, you know, what you were saying um, – I worked at the cooking school here in Boulder, and we used to have, you know, uh, famous chefs come through. And I had left that restaurant job probably about six months prior to this. So I met Rick Bayless. He came in. He had a cookbook he was promoting, so he came in to teach a class. And I was setting up the class and, and chatting with him. And he was asking about, you know, what I've been doing. And I said, well, I left that job. You know, I didn't know when... I didn't know till Sunday what my days were off were that week, and I, they were never together. And he said, my restaurants always have two days off in a row, so my team has a life. And that positivity right there was a huge lesson for me. Like, I want to work for that kind of person. If, I, if I'm going to work for somebody, I want to work for somebody like that. I want to be that someone for someone else as well. If someone is working for me, I want them to have a life. And I think that's why his restaurants are successful. And, you know, they always say that, th what's that thing of the chickens come home to roost? So you're seeing some very high-ranking um, restaurateurs and chefs now who weren't, didn't have positive environments, and their restaurants are going under because of that because of their misogyny or um, uh, the way they dealt with their wait staff, with the tips and things like that. And I think it's true. If you are a positive person, if you think of your team as family, your restaurants or your catering business or whatever are going to prosper. And it's the same thing. I worked for Whole Foods for a long time. And when I left, it was completely different. When I first started there, there was autonomy, there was this real sense of the team working together, but it became more corporate. And that's one of the reasons I think it's where it is now with Amazon buying it and everything. And it's sad to see, but it's also a good lesson, a very good lesson. Put the positive out there, and I think the good things will come back to you. Amen, sister. Well, I'll tell you, there needs to be more of that out there. We need, to, we need to look at this business as a business, but also as an art form and be able to marry the human aspect to it also, because sometimes that is overlooked. So thank you for what you're doing, 
And uh, good luck to you in your endeavors. I really, really wish you the best in everything that you do. Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. I just have to say, she is an absolute delight because she has so many positive things to say, even though she's been through some some challenging experiences. And I think that a lot of us can learn from Chris in her experience and what she's trying to bring into the world through her positive message and her endearing message and her message that links us all, that we all have to eat and we all have a common denominator and we can definitely agree more than we can disagree. And as we look at that positive and we we put those positive things out there, then those positive things come back to us. I firmly believe that. So throughout this week, throughout this month, throughout this year, whenever you're listening to this podcast, remember that you've got to put positive out there to get positive back. And as you do that, it comes back tenfold. Hey, thanks for sticking around. Be sure to share this podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or anyone who's interested in making food and money. And when you get a second, give us a review. It really helps us get the word out as well as letting us know how we're doing. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food, Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org.